When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. a creator and entrepreneur and i'm daniela alexandra a stylist and content creator and we are in, in case, case you, you haven't heard, heard podcast we're giving you the behind the scenes and an inside scoop of what really goes down so you know exactly what the fuck is going on hey guys welcome back to another episode of in case you haven't heard it's your girl danielle and your girl, KP, back at it again in a virtual intro. Yes, a virtual intro. What's up? I haven't talked to you in a while, so give us a little bit of an update. But before we get started, I want to remind you guys to please subscribe to our pod and rate us five stars, please, and thank you. We need the love. So update, guys. If you listen in two weeks ago, we had our episode intro, our first intro, um, virtual intro. <laughs> and I was in London. I'm back in the UK. But uh, this week, I'm actually in Spain. So I'm here visiting my family in Barcelona, just outside of Barcelona. And my mom actually met me. So we landed on the same day. I came from London. She came from Canada. Yeah, here to spend some time with my grandma and family. And tell us what has happened in between. Because last time we checked in, you were tested. You did a COVID test by yourself in London. Yeah, yeah. So I obviously had, I went through the process here as well. So it's super important to make sure you get tested before you see someone who is immune compromised or someone who's older, especially. And um, so yeah, my mom and I both got the test. We got the test the day after we got here. Um, I suggested to do it a little bit later, but like she wanted to see my grandma and sooner or whatever. So we got tested on Friday and then we got the results on Monday and she tested negative and I actually tested positive, which was kind of scary. But guys, I'm asymptomatic, so I feel totally fine. Everything's good, but as a result, I obviously haven't been able to see my family. I've been isolated at my uncle's condo or house, sorry, I should say. And yeah, just like living the work tan life, (laughs) rotating from table to lawn for the past, I think we're on day nine or 10, day 10 now. 10 days is pretty well into your quarantine. So I'm happy that you're asymptomatic. And I know you mentioned almost done. Yeah. And I know you mentioned that most of your family that you've seen or all of the family that you've seen got tested and they tested negative. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, as a result, my cousins who live here and my uncle, like I never got close to them. My uncle actually did give me a kiss when he saw me, you know, the European way, but I never got close to my cousins or anything. And yeah, they tested negative and I'm, you know, trying to trace back where I got it. Um, cause I saw a couple of big groups of people when I was in London, but I actually got tested right 
like I got tested after seeing those people because I was worried and I got tested and it came out negative then, but tracing it back, like I saw this one guy and he got tested. So I told him, hey, I came out positive. You should probably get tested because I've seen you in the past like seven days. And he came out negative. So now I'm thinking I must have got it between, you know, seeing after seeing him and then coming to Spain. And I really didn't see anyone in that time period. Thank God, obviously, also like that, you know, took a load off my chest because I know I didn't give, give, it, to give it to anybody. But yeah, I wonder, I don't know if I got it on the plane or if I got it taking public transit or what, but it just it really sucks. goes to show how easy and, and simple it can be to contract it. And that's why you have to just do the best you can to take precautionary measures like hand sanitizer, like masks. I'm happy that you're yeah, asymptomatic though. Yeah, well, part of me feels like this is like a little bit of a fucking hoax. Like, I'm totally fine. Like, totally fine. Thank God. I'm grateful for that. But it's just really annoying now, especially because like I can't see my grandmother. And also, this is now thrown off all of my travel plans. But it's okay. Because as long as I get over this, get tested before leaving again, then we'll be good. It's just annoying. All right, guys, let's get into this week's episode. This is actually a pre-recorded episode that Christine and I did together before she left for London. It is all about practices and habits that we've been implementing into our lives that have been helpful and beneficial to us. So we give you guys some tangible takeaways that you can implement into your own lives. And we hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. So today, Danielle and I are going to be doing or hosting a solo episode for you guys. We are going to be talking about the things, the practices, the habits that we wish we would have started sooner. This applies to both Christina and myself because we've been trying to implement more useful and productive like habits and routines, I would say that benefit us in a positive way. And also this applies to like business stuff too. Like how many times have you finally done something that you kept telling yourself to do and then once it starts to pick up or like gain momentum you're like damn it I wish oh, I, started I, wish I started sooner I know that I personally have suffered or not suffered that but experienced that many many times so we kind of just want to run through all these things that you guys can do and, and motivate you and encourage you to just get started now ASAP because you're just going to wish you did down the line anyway. Because we do. Yeah, because we do. So the first thing we're going to, we broke this topic into categories. So the first is practices and the second is habits. Yes. The first thing we wanted to talk about is words of affirmation. Yes. We've been starting to say words of affirmation to ourselves, things that we love about ourselves instead of the things that we hate and using verbiage that is positive as opposed to negative. I wish that I had done this sooner. I, I thought that it was kind of cheesy. Cheesy. Yeah. yeah. And a little, you know, woo. But yeah. like, I mean, and it kind of seems like it is because when I started to say words of affirmation to myself, my initial thought was, if I don't believe it, what's the point in saying it, right? You're like, you're saying empty words. But just the act of saying the words over time, eventually you start to buy into them. You basically trick yourself that. into believing, right? Because you can do that when you're unhappy too. Like they say, if you like smile, a smile <laughs> or laugh, it's like it tricks your body into thinking that you're happy when maybe you're in an angry or frustrated or 
uh, not so happy mood. So yeah, the, I agree with that. And I, for me, I just thought it was cheesy because if it's like, if you're staring at yourself in the mirror or if you're like writing yourself a post-it you're saying, I am beautiful, it just seems a little bit. I, I know exactly how you feel. And it what feels you awkward. Mean. It yeah, feels you're like, this is like so silly, but like whatever, I'm just doing it because I'm supposed to. But it like, actually works. It does. It does work. And I actually wanted to draw on an example for that. Um, this week I had a pretty intense conversation with my mom and we talked about just like a lot of different things, you know, London life, running my business, you know, what the right decisions are to make. Also the fact that sometimes I, you know, try and do too many things and just trying to figure out what like logically I should be doing for where I want to go like within my career and in, in my personal life, just kind of how I want my future to play out in the next few years. And it, I get really overwhelmed in, in these kind of conversations as we all do. Cause you're like reflecting on your life and you're like, Ugh, like all of these things I tried to like push to the side and not think about all the time. And after the conversation, I was like, kind of like I was tearing up a bit. We didn't have an argument. It was really just like bringing to light things that I always, I always have on my mind and I drove home after our chat and I was just like thinking about it. And that night I was preparing to actually apply for a job. And I really believe in like energetics and like if you don't have like a good energy putting or you don't put a good energy into doing something because you're in a negative mindset, it will affect or could affect the outcome. And I was like, I have to do this today because I need them to wake up to the email. It's Sunday night. What am I doing? And I thought to call a few of you, Danielle included, actually, to like call and complain about my problem. Not complain, but also vent to see what your reaction would be and what your thoughts were because mine were all jumbled up. And I ultimately, you know, decided not to call anyone. And the ride was only 15 minutes, the drive from my mom's back to where I was going. And through that 15 minutes, I was like, I totally switched my mindset. I was like, you're going to apply for this job. Like, you're going to get it. It's going to be sick. You're going to be so proud of yourself when you get it. And after doing that for like about 10 minutes, when I was walking into the elevator to come back up into the apartment, I found myself, I was like smiling because I was like so excited because I knew what I was going to do and it was going to be positive and I had positive energy. So just using words of affirmation in that situation totally shifted my mood. So it really is just like fake it and then it will it will happen. And also totally. if you believe it, right? Just convince yourself to believe it and then your body will kind of and your mind will kind of kind of play into that. Your mind is so powerful. I heard somewhere too, you're the line of defense in taking you know, negative criticism or uh, if someone says something bad about you, like your own mind and yourself, you're the only line of defense in order for you to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. So why are you being more critical about yourself? Like, why are you putting yourself down when you can build yourself up and you can be the person that is saying you're beautiful, is saying you're worthy, is saying you yeah. are, you know, you're open to abundance or whatever affirmations you want to say to yourself like you should be the person that's building yourself up not tearing yourself down yeah you should be protecting yourself from other people who try to tear you down not from your internal self shooting down your confidence exactly. or making you feel less exactly. than which brings us to our next practice that yes. we've been trying to implement manifestation yes we have Danielle and I are like <laughs> we are manifesting this for the pod it's gonna come manifestation <laughs> is Something, I think it's a word that people kind of 
throw around and it's like, what is manifestation? What are tips that we can use to manifest? Like what the hell is manifesting? But for me, it's if you can't visualize yourself there, if you can't visualize yourself being in that place or environment in that environment, whether it's love, work, friendship, whatever it may be, you'll never obtain it because if you can't visualize it, the universe won't give it to you. I like to play on that. If you can do like the work to put yourself there, then like, again, it's going to be hard for all the other pieces to come together to support that. So you have to be the driving force in manifesting and then, you know, the universe or whatever you like to call it, you know, depending on your belief or religion will help push you there. But you really have to be like the initial, like the trigger to start that momentum because yeah if not it's not going to play out and that's why I think it's hard for people to grasp the concept of manifestation like I don't even know if I fully grasp it I've tried to implement all these things including words of affirmation including gratitude including visualizing like visualizing myself at that desk in that office for the job that I want you know things like that and just really being like oh yeah and like we'll go for lunch here because I know this place or this this cafe is close to the off. You know, it's really just getting into like the nitty gritty details because who the fuck cares? Like, why not try? Like, why not just like think all these things? Even if it's like silly, just pretend you're writing a story. You're writing a story of your future. Like, how would you want it to play out? What is your absolute ideal situation? Just imagine that. And if anything, you'll fall a little short of that. Or sometimes you might actually move past that it. in your reality. But something that people are also notorious of doing is setting like low standards for manifesting. So if you say you need $500 to do this thing and you're manifesting $500, why won't you manifest like $5,000? Because you, if you cap your manifestation power, then you also don't even know what you're capable of. So baby steps, obviously, you know, you can start one way, but also just keep that in the back of your head. Like you can literally... You can have whatever you want if you really want it and you put your heart into it and obviously manifest <laughs> to just always think you're in control of your own destiny and you literally have the power to do anything. So that being said, our first tip for manifestation would be have something in mind that you want. It's also tangible, like in a realistic in, in a way. realistic way and visualize yourself having it. Mm -hmm. Visualizing being yourself it. being there with it. So that's the first. So visualization. The second would be now practice steps as if you already had that thing. So once you visualize yourself there, you take it a step further and practice those things. So how would say, for example, it's a job like you just said, where would you be if you had that job? How would you act if you had that job? What would your routine be if you had that yeah, job? Would you be more confident? Would you be more organized? Would you get up earlier because you know you'd have to, you know, be at work for, say, 8 or 9 a.m.? Oh, if you did, like, would you work out before that? You know, you can even start implementing these little things so that when you get it, you're like, sick, all my everything, all my ducks are in, what is it? In all a row? My, uh, are um, my ducks are in a row? And now I can just add the job into my schedule. <laughs> exactly. And our third tip would be, although you want to keep your manifestations realistic and attainable, we want to encourage you to aim higher, mm -hmm. you know, aim bigger because these things will happen if you believe them to happen. Or they'll also push your manifestations to the next level. Like yes. if you cap your ability to 
picture what you can achieve at a level that might be way under what you're actually capable of, you don't give yourself the opportunity to go that far. So say, you know, you're manifesting a career and you want a job and like you, you're like, oh, like right now I don't have a job. So getting paid any salary would be great. Well, instead it's maybe shifting that and being a little bit more specific and thinking, you know, a job where I would make like 50K a year, like that would be sick considering right now I don't have a job. So that just kind of would push that to the next level. And that leads into be specific with your manifestation. Be specific with exactly what you want. So our tips would be the first, visualize. The second, cultivate. The third, aim higher. And which leads kind of into the fourth, be specific. Yes. So now kind of getting into things and practices that you can incorporate into your morning routine. Um, Something that I have started doing and I downloaded the app after trying the YouTube version for a few weeks is the Wim Hof method. So I think it's kind of trending right now. I think a lot of people are starting to post about it. I think it gained some traction when it was featured as an episode on the Goop series on Netflix. Yeah, I think so too. And it is a really great practice after kind of learning a little bit more about about it. It doesn't just set your day off to a good start, although it does that because it kind of puts you into a sort of meditative state since you're not supposed to be focusing on anything else. And what I do like about it is what I do like about doing it in the morning is that I'm not thinking about anything yet because I haven't really touched my phone other than using the app, obviously. And for me, that's important because once I if I try to meditate or something throughout the day, it ends up being harder for me because I'm like breathing and then I'm like, oh, I have to do this, 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 this. And it's that obviously counterproductive. Yeah, it's not effective. So I love the Wim Hof method. I'll do the three. I'll do three rounds. I won't really do more than that. And the app is great because it keeps a calendar and you can track to make sure you do it every day. And this is just a breathing exercise because I personally don't do the Wim Hof method breathing exercises, Mm -hmm. but I do try to take cold showers, which is part of his whole philosophy. But why don't you, for those who maybe aren't familiar with the breathing, give us like a little preview. Yeah. So the way that it works is that you have a timer and he tells you to breathe in and breathe out and you really just breathe in with your belly and then like breathe out of your mouth with like an O shape, I guess. So the point is like, you obviously feel your stomach expanding. It's not, it's not a cute exercise. You know what I mean? But, um, you really just breathe in like a circular motion. So it's like out in and then out and then kind of like keeps going and you do it for a minute or about 30 breaths is recommended. And then you hold your breath for a minute and then you breathe again for a whole minute. Yeah. And then you breathe again and then you hold your breath and they, or he, I should say, recommends that you increase your breath hold every round. And the whole point of tracking it on the app is to see how your lung capacity and how your ability to hold your breath increases over time. And yeah, you do that for three rounds basically. And then you just return to normal breathing. At that point, you definitely calmed down. Your heart rate lowers your body t- temperature also drops usually. So you'll feel tingling like your fingers and your toes, but that's totally normal. So he's climbed Mount Everest in bare feet. Yeah. And in shorts. Cause he's, you know, a fucking King, I guess we'll <laughs> call it that. It's definitely 
I think the way that he developed this was through being able to challenge your mind because your mind is, again, in control of everything. So if you can tap into yourself through your breath, which is the easiest way when you have nothing else around you, no other tools, you can really like get yourself into the headspace that you need to be for whatever it is that you're going to take on. But then along with that is he does the 30 day challenge, which incorporates the ice or cold showers so you can touch on that because I don't do those at all and I'm not really down I like end my shower really quickly with like just making my hair wet so like the cuticles are closed but not for not for any more than 20 seconds yeah I was such a hot shower gal and I loved it steamy and just I just couldn't take a cold shower in the morning especially when you're waking up and you just like want that warmth it's gonna be cozy like you're in a womb yeah it's comforting (laughs) I started taking cold shower well let's say it this way I take a medium hot shower now and then closer to the end I'll put it super cold I'm not gonna take the whole shower cold let's be real here but maybe eventually I will but I've started implementing this in my daily schedule Mm -hmm. and First of all, it really does energize you. It's cold water. It does, so it of does. course. But secondly, it really helps with inflammation, apparently. Right, yes. Which I need. And the breathing does too, by the way, guys. Okay, great. So that's kind of the real reason why I wanted to start implementing it into my daily routine was because I really wanted to decrease inflammation in my body. So yeah, it's energizing. It decreases inflammation. I find that it also helps with my coffee intake because I'll get out of bed. I'll like get out of bed excited, take a shower right away instead of just going into my living room and making a coffee. Or usually I'll make my hot water and lemon first and then coffee, but it just helps me get up and get ready for the day instead of like moping around. Well, it just helps that like, okay, I'm going to get up and take a shower. You're productive. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So something that I've heard and I'm trying to implement, but I kind of feel awkward sometimes. What is it? It's smiling more. How cute. And genuinely (laughs) smiling. Even just like no RBFs, no resting bitch face. No. Yeah. And I, the, the reason why was because I suffer from resting bitch face and I, and I don't mean to. And I just sometimes when, you know, in different situations, people will be like, are you good? Like, are you mad? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm good. Like, I just <laughs> like, have okay. a fucking resting bitch face. <laughs> no, but, you know, when I'm walking down the street sometimes or in the past, I would be like super in my zone and not taking in what is around me. Um, when you're like walking in public and stuff? Yeah, like yeah. Just, I'll just be in a zone and I'll just be walking quickly and not... Head down, just like... Yeah, in I my... I do z- that too. And in, unless I'm on a walk for inspiration, like that's usually how I am. I'm just tunnel focused. Mm-hmm. And lately I've I've been trying to open up a bit more and smiling maybe people on the street. It's kind of awkward at first. I know, and I'm you like, have hey, that- you think this person's going to smile back? And I'm like, I'm just going to try. And if I wait more than like five seconds and they don't look up, maybe I'll look away. <laughs> that's my... It's a genuine interaction, even at the store, instead of just putting your, you know, stuff down and I don't know, like... It's funny because I feel like for some people and especially older generations, this is like a requirement of what is considered normal and what you should do as like proper manners. But for us and for younger generations, I feel like it's so easy to just, who cares? We're at the grocery store checking things out. I don't need to look at them. But it's like that interaction, like, hey, how are you? can be so meaningful and like can really change the tone and the energy of things. And yeah, it's something that I've started to consider too, because it's like, okay, Christina, like 
yeah, you don't want to give people the time of day, but just like, why not? Who cares? Just be nice. You it know? Also, You'll feel better. Yeah, totally. And it also plays into, in my view of it, it plays into being so in yourself and being so like, oh, I have so many things that I have to do. Like you're th- always like, thinking about mm-hmm. your schedule and you're always thinking about the thing that you have to do next for me. So not being present. Yeah. yeah. So it, it plays into being present and just taking everything in and just really enjoying the moment and being present it is also something that it helps you to be present in a way that is more like physical than just oh I have to be present oh let me just look around like yeah. it's actually physically doing something that helps you engage with the world around you and like those small interactions are also going to play into your gratitude check so if you write, you know, three things you're grateful for in the morning or at night. Or if you have the five minute journal, like one of the exercises is, you know, what happened today that you didn't expect. And it's like, oh, actually, like this guy smiled at me when I was like checking something out or like this guy like made a joke while I was picking up my dog's poo and it made me laugh. It's like those little things end up making your overall day feel a lot better when in the moment you don't realize, but if you reflect on it, so silly, but you're like, that was nice. I agree. A funny story that I can kind of put in here. So when I was walking Billy, he was looking across the street and I kind of looked and there was this guy and he was walking two dogs. Was No, he was just, it was just like (laughs) funny. And so we kind of, I, we didn't catch our, like our eyes didn't catch but when you see people walking their dogs like either you'll have to cross the street because the dogs you know you don't want the dogs to interact or you'll try to figure out a way to kind of move past and Billy was looking over at the dogs and I wasn't really paying attention I was just kept on walking and the poor guy ran into a pole and, sm- oh and I literally I was like dude come on and the guy saw and we started dying of laughter and it was hilarious because we kind of had experienced that moment together even though he was across the street and it and you went and you probably told michael when you got yeah i did and it really although the walk was it was a walk it was just a normal walk that you took every day of quarantine but that really made it so much better because I kind of had this weird interaction with my dog being an idiot. That's so <laughs> Smashing cute. Smashing his head on a pole. No, I love that. So desperate for playtime. <laughs> <laughs> this filters into um, something that I wish that I would have practiced all throughout my life is celebrating failures just as much as successes. This plays into your career. It plays into school. It plays into love even. Yeah, I think that we've touched on this before in the... In, a few in, other episodes. In a few other episodes, especially when it comes to business and about, you know, every time you fail, it's actually a learning experience um, to to really think about and to almost be grateful for. But I think what would be interesting to highlight here is that it is also something in your personal life. Like if you end up making a decision or you end up, you know, doing something that maybe you were like, why did I act like that? And in your mind be perceived as a failure or as something that you wish you done differently. It's reflecting on it and taking the time to reflect on it. I know journaling can be annoying and all of this, but like if you want to improve as a person, the only way to do that is to work on yourself. And if you go over and, you know, revise your day, revise the things that you did and say, okay, next time I don't want to do that. I don't want to make that approach. I don't want to be so short tempered and explode at someone. I want to take a second, breathe whatever think about it just implementing little steps so that you make changes in how you react in the future 
I think is also another way to to almost celebrate that as like a way to move forward in, in your self-development. Something that we were talking about too is when making a decision, don't be so hard on yourself. And we're all hard on ourselves when we're, we think that these decisions are like the only thing that matter right now. Mm-hmm. But you make a decision and if you find that that decision, the outcome isn't what you thought it was or you think that, oh, maybe I should try something else. Don't think of it as like, oh, I picked the wrong thing. I failed at this. Just pick the other thing or just decide something else. Like everyone changes their mind. You're free to change your mind if you choose something it's, and it doesn't work out. You just choose the other thing. So Dina and I were talking about this yesterday and I was trying to figure out like if I was making the right decision towards your end goal, my end goal. Yeah. And I was like, Ugh, what if I'm just like taking all these different paths that will eventually lead me to my end goal, but I could just be if I just picked that proper path or proper decision right now, the alternate one instead, I'd get there way faster and then achieve the success that I want sooner. Just like, well, the whole point is like, you pick one, if it doesn't work, you pick the other one, which is what you just said. And I think it is kind of hard. I mean, it was harder for me to like wrap my head around because it's like, I feel like I'm on this time constraint and I just need to like make the right decision now because if not, I'm fucking myself over. But yeah, you're really not, you know? But that's why you need to have equal value to a failure and a success because if... Just bringing it right around Yeah, there. just bringing you. it right around because <laughs> if you don't value a failure just as much as success, then you're not appreciating mm-hmm. the journey. Yeah. We've said that so many times, but it's true because if... Also, it uh, won't mean as much. So true, man. It won't just, mean as much. <laughs> it won't be the same. You also don't know if that success will be different if you failed. Like you don't First, know. Yeah. You don't know what the outcome will exactly be. Nothing will be exactly what you think it is. Nothing will be mm-hmm. what you envision in your mind because yeah. we're always thinking. We're always, especially if you're in your head too much. It's just yeah. Life is not about knowing what's going to happen. The whole point is just figuring out along to the way. Live. Yeah. The second half and category that we want to touch on this episode is habits. Habits that we maybe do day to day that are negatively or impacting the way that people perceive us and then also the way that we perceive ourselves. Things that are probably subconscious because we do them so routinely, but we can change that. They become second nature. Mm -hmm. And these are things that we don't want, or we've tried to kind of backtrack because we no longer want them to be second nature habits. Yeah. So the first one that I have done plenty of times, I mean, I do them now, but if you just look back at high school, you're like, why didn't I write that essay sooner? Or in university and you're like, up at 3 a.m. and then I'm literally late for class because I didn't finish the paper in time and I need to submit it so I don't get points off and I didn't fully edit it because I didn't have time. That's all procrastination. (laughs) So procrastination and putting things off. And I always like, and I think this is why I did it and this is what you said too, but it's like the more I have on my plate, the more effective I am at working, I find. So as much as I should start something sooner, I don't actually produce my work as effectively this is what I would tell myself until it's crunch time but then obviously there's downfalls but that's to the that. message you give yourself that's why pra- <laughs> there we go. that's yeah. why procrastination is such a like a, a learned habit. a learned habit mm-hmm. is because you procrastinate then you get it done 
and you get it done well. I go. So you think, okay, I can do I can do this all the time, and then it's reoccurring. But the stress levels. But it also is is a drug. You might like the stress. You the might cortisol, like the cortisol. You might high. like the you might like the rush of. I have an hour to finish this. Let me see if I can do it. You like that because you're the type of person and same with me that Are works you telling better. me I like it? Yeah, no, you do. <laughs> if you if you procrastinate over and over, the realization of liking that stress because you wouldn't do it if you didn't. If you like did it and it didn't work, you'd be like never doing that again. Yeah, like donezo. If you're if you're failing that course because you procrastinated, I'm sure you would schedule yourself better. Mm. Well, well, for me, it's like, I didn't t- do so bad. I didn't do great, but like it was eight, so I could maybe do it again. But like the results aren't. Say I got like a seventy. I'm like fuck. If yeah, I, but they got I just you by. It over. Yeah, it got you by. And I think a lot of people probably feel that way too. They're like, ah, it worked. Let's just eh, do it again. Because I don't. You obviously aren't prioritizing that thing, and you don't like. You're not obsessed with it. So it's like if it's a course that you don't love getting by is enough for you to feel satisfied. It becomes an addicting habit Mm -hmm. because a, like I said, you get by, so you know that you can do it and you become addicted to, Oh, I can relax for the week. And then the last day I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. So procrastination also plays into starting things. And I find that whenever you hear people who have, you know, started to build something or create something, launch a venture, They often say, and I like to even say this myself, it's like, I wish I started sooner. You know, you have an idea brewing. Most people don't even act on the idea, right? You you tell everyone you want to do it. You're like, I'm going to start this business. It's going to be sick, blah, blah, blah. And then you never do it. And it's like five months, whatever. But then say you actually end up starting it. Once you gain momentum, you're like, damn it. Like, why didn't I start this sooner? Like, I love doing this. Like, it could have been so great. Again, it's getting over that hump. There's other things that factor into decision making of starting something, whether it be, you know, finances, risk, sacrifice and other areas of your life. But ultimately, I find that whenever you start something, you wish you would have started sooner. So I think that's something that that we would like to advise you guys to do, too. If you really want to do something, just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. If it doesn't work, you fail. Whatever. That's not a fail. It's also a learning experience. And then you can move on. Something that I have been trying to stop doing is saying sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry, sorry. Like, why are you saying sorry, dude? You didn't do anything. (laughs) You, I want to be more aware of my words. And I think that's a habit that a lot of people are guilty of. So something that I've been trying to do is flip it around. So for example, if I were to misspell something on a text or an email, I'd be like, oh, sorry. I used to be like, oh, sorry. I haven't noticed that. Oh, sorry about that. Or... Instead of doing that, I would, you could say like, thanks for catching that or like something along those lines. Mm-hmm. You apologizing for something, for something that doesn't need to be apologized yeah, it's for. Not, you're not since, it's not like you did something wrong. It's mm-hmm. just a mistake. So yes, women use words like sorry and like passive, I guess, words to apologize for things that, you know, they really shouldn't be apologizing for. But women also fall victim to using humor to mask. And laughing to mm-hmm. mask uncomfortable situations. Totally. And we talked about this in our relationship episode um, when we had the guest on, yes, Anita. And she kind of talked about how we do this all the time, especially she was referring to in texts. So it's like when you someone sends you a text and you need to reply something uncomfortable and you're like, I don't know, LOL. Or like, haha, why are you saying that? 
Like, why do you need to add LOL or haha to that text? It is so unnecessary. And just, I think more than just doing it to feel uncomfortable, we also use it because we want to seem more chill or make the situation seem less aggressive. When if you're asking, obviously depends on the context, but when you're asking certain things, especially if it's serious, if it's about no emotions or whatever, you shouldn't have to diffuse how they take or how they receive the message. You should just say for what it is. If it seems bold, that's what it is. I think this spreads across all generations, but for some reason, maybe it's because I've experienced it as a millennial, but because (laughs) we as millennials kind of grew up with that LOL, LMAO, haha, like online culture, we are more likely to implement that into our adult like verbiage when dating or when not in a business situation or in a career standpoint, but like in a personal situation yeah. because we've kind of grew up with it. Whereas, you know, the older generation and even maybe Gen Z might not feel it's necessary because True. for me, when I'm thinking about putting an LOL, I think it's like lessening the blow or like Same. making it more casual, but there's Same. other ways of making Sometimes it I sound more say casual. it in person. I'm like, why am LOL. I saying LOL? <laughs> I say that. I'm like, the whole thing is laughing out loud. You could just laugh. <laughs> so this goes into the next habit is being passive. So using words like, I just want to. You should just say, I want to. This is, I'm guilty of this in, you know, when writing emails or when following up with someone. Like, just be direct in your verbiage and don't use a passive voice. And we kind of touched on this. Christina said that a lot of women are guilty of it. I'm sure a lot of men too, but we can speak as women. And I know that I'm guilty of doing that. And that's something that I wish that I would have caught or got rid of a lot earlier on. I recently read this book called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. (laughs) We practiced that for you guys. Hope you liked it. He discusses some fundamental techniques in handling people in the book, which I found very useful. So I wanted to share them with you guys. Share them with me. I need to read the book. You can definitely borrow it. So in his book, he outlines fundamental mental techniques in handling people. And these are the three that he outlines that are, I found to be very useful. The first is don't criticize, condemn, or complain, which I feel like a lot of people- All of us do it, guys. Fall victim we to. all do. It's easy to complain too, especially when you don't know what to say, even if it's about the weather. <laughs> it's also a way to self-deprecate yourself. So you're trying to relate to someone by complaining. And putting yourself down. down or, mm-hmm. So you feel- or the other person can feel like superior or better because then they'll like you more and you'll be less threatening. Yeah, or so they're more comfortable too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So don't criticize, condemn, or complain. The second is give honest and sincere appreciation. Okay, elaborate. So give appreciation to people. Tell people why you appreciate them and why you enjoy them, why, you know, you enjoy their company. Like if someone creates, or sorry, someone does something yes and it was nice instead of just like not saying anything because that's what I mean that's normally what I do and I feel like our generation as well is notorious for doing more than older generations it's taking the second being like, that was really nice that you did that be like oh my god that made me feel really good people want to be appreciated totally. and that's something that people crave in 
every aspect of life in work life in home life in love in as a child as a lover as a whatever everyone wants to be appreciated and everyone wants to be acknowledged for what they do yeah so this is just like they they always say do things silently like do kind things silently but when someone actually calls you out about the kind things that you're doing silently you're like oh okay good i'm glad but they actually noticed someone's (laughs) noticing yeah and the third is arouse in the other person an eager want so instead of saying what you want Mm. you're giving the person what they want so this applies to when you're looking for a new job and you're writing in that you know cover letter or you're writing in that email don't say I want this job because I bring to like tell them what you like what they want and how you can deliver it to them yeah and how you can give them what they want to get people to do what you want you have to make them feel like you're doing what they want okay makes sense so it's like reverse psychology but it's in negotiation and it's not reverse psychology like manipulation it's Mm -hmm. just like you need to make sure that the other person like is getting what they want because in reality everyone is selfish and everyone just wants what they want so if you're telling them what you want they don't give a they don't care yeah they want what they want and you need to give it you need to give it to them so you need to arouse in them and that's what you're doing in the situation when you're flipping it. Yeah. And also when you when you give people, you know, you're like doing something for them or make them feel like you are, they're going to be more willing to want to help you and give something to you back in return down the line. An interesting book that I read was Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. And this is, I actually heard her on the Oprah podcast called Super Soul Conversations. And they're quick segments from shows that she's done, which I absolutely love. Just happened to be reading the book at the same time, actually, that I got gifted for Christmas. But the whole book is about leading people. And that's why I really wanted to get it because a lot of people aren't good leaders. And it's important to know how to manage people and to interact with others, especially when you are at the forefront of decision making, whether it be for your business. But I think it can go past that when you're working within a company or within a group of people and you're not the only you're not a solopreneur, it's important to be able to like navigate through obstacles, through difficulty, or just through anything by the way that you interact with the other people on your team. So the most fundamental, I guess, learning lesson in this book is that it's important to act through vulnerability in everything that you do, and all good leaders are vulnerable. And there's a misconception that vulnerability means weakness and it really doesn't. Vulnerability is just being open and putting yourself out there and always seeking to, first of all, accept criticism, but also seek to improve and be open to change and not thinking that you're always right, that your way is the highway, right? So that's one thing that is important when being a leader. It's it's really learning how to how to act and with the term that they use is rumbling with vulnerability. It's like you're being the bigger person by being that much more vulnerable when I think people might have the misconception that it's the opposite way. That that ties into arousing the other person and eager want because you're never going to get anyone to do what you want them to do by putting them down and making them feel like they can't do it. You're always going to be that vulnerable boss. There's definitely a misconception in business that in order to get people you have to, to do be what you bitch. want. You have to be a bitch. You have to be a tyrant. And that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually the opposite because if you have a mutual respect 
for the people that you're working with, it's more likely that they're going to want to please you and they're going to want to do a better job, a better job. Yeah. Well, and then those people who think that being tyrants and, you know, being the my way's the highway kind of guy or girl really let their ego affect their leadership. And that's also a huge fault. Um, The thing is, ego affects your ability to be vulnerable. It's not that being a tyrant is going to protect you from feeling any sense of shame or being exposed to shame or weakness. It really isn't that. Ego is not great. You know, we've there's so many books on like learning how to separate yourself or see yourself as separate from your ego. But I think when you do have a lot of responsibility or a lot of power, it's easy for someone to get them all mixed up and jumbled up and associate them as being the same thing. So another lesson in the book was just really letting go of your ego to allow yourself to be vulnerable. And by doing that, you end up being a better leader overall and obviously a more self-aware person. Something that I've been trying to implement in my home life or in my relationship is adjusting my expectations. This one is huge, guys. I think it's something that we all do. It's, you know, having these expectations that are maybe not fulfilled. And I'm not saying to lower your expectations. I'm just simply saying that your expectations might not be the same as your partner's expectations or your friend's expectations or your parents' expectations. So be aware of that and you need to adjust them so that you don't feel let down or disappointed or frustrated. I always advise people do not have expectations for how other people are going to act because you cannot control that. And this comes back to stoicism. You can't control anything other than yourself and your mind and your thoughts and your actions. You can't control the environment. You can't control others. And if you try to, you're just going to keep getting disappointed. And I think disappointment is the only word to really use because it's just the feeling of it not being what you want is probably going to end up being more on the negative side than the positive side, right? So yeah, I really, I, I try to implement that myself. And I always, you know, if someone does something or doesn't do something and I'm like, how could they do that? Or like, why didn't they do that? Instead of solely being disappointed, I think about, okay, I shouldn't have expected them to necessarily do that. It would have been nice, but like, it's not my decision and it didn't happen. So I just have to accept that. And the concept of them having their own expectations, just as you do, really helps the, you know, your mind get through that disappointment because that's something that I necessarily, I know it sounds kind of ridiculous, but that's something that I didn't really consider before. I was always like, oh, I expected that to happen. Why didn't that that, why didn't that happen? And I wasn't thinking about, well, the other person also it's has, not expect- just it's not just about me. Mm-hmm. It's also about the other person. So I think that helps you get past the disappointment and through to the other side. And it, I think it will help your relationships move forward in a positive way. Yeah, no, absolutely. Those are just some of the things that we've been implementing in our, I guess, adult young adult life as women in the city and if you guys if you guys have had any things that you wish you started sooner or habits that you started to implement that you again wish you started sooner shoot us a dm um because we'd be interested in seeing what you guys are doing that we haven't done i'm all about lately you know implementing these things and self-improvement yeah just seeing what works i mean i think we've come to a point in our lives where self-improvement is at the forefront of what is like our priority. So definitely DM us if you have anything 
that you would want us to try and then we can talk about it on the pod yeah thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will see you next wednesday bye guys As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com.